All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first live recording of uh, DocuPod. I am Josh. Nice to meet you all at last. I'm with my co-host, JP. How are you, Jack? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Brad couldn't join us this week. Um, he would be sat Oh, here, I'd be over here, but uh, no, Brad couldn't join us for this, this week, so apologies, he's not here for the very first live video recording. Of, he's uh, camera of shy, bless him. He's camera shy, yeah, we'll get him on eventually. We'll get him on eventually, yeah, exactly. Um, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast choice, of course, you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, this is simply for the YouTubes and our hardcore fans, so mm. welcome. Um, I mean, today we're reviewing. The best episode of Doctor Who, Voyage of the Damned. Uh, JP, before we jump in, in a word. Overdramatic. What? <laughs> Seriously, I'm it's, really it's the... What? Uh, Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was... Um, it wasn't really all that. It wasn't the worst, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't say it was the worst, but I wouldn't say it was the best. Would you allow me two words to describe this? Yeah, go on. You can Doctor... Who. This is the most Doctor Who episode that has ever existed. It has everything, 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 everything. Action, adventure, little bit of horror, mystery, uh, uh, space, a budget, a companion. Not just a companion. Kylie fucking no. You I know the worst was... thing is. Go on. I didn't recognise it was Kylie Minogue until Kylie Minogue. <laughs> <laughs> She does look a bit odd in it, but I reckon for me, this would have been what 2008, I think 2007, 2008. Yeah, like yeah. I think this is when puberty started for me. You mean Kylie Minogue awoke something in you, and then you went back to watch Billy Piper, and you were like, Yeah, yeah exactly. How <laughs> spoiled are we as kids to have Billy Piper on our screen? Bruma Adjiman, she's fit enough, she's not my type, but she's yeah. fit enough. Kylie Minogue. Oh my God, we've had a good run of companions. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, obviously, the, I kind of clocked it straight away. The, the BBC budget obviously didn't accommodate <laughs> for Kylie Minogue to be a, a permanent, should we say, which um, did break my heart a little bit because I was like, she was actually quite a good player. I, I've got to say, she was kind of like that bubbly, energetic. And I'm like, I could see that working, but obviously it wasn't meant to be. The BBC <laughs> and Kylie Minogue's agents couldn't make it work. They couldn't get around the fire, but uh, we'll get around the table. But I will say that she was a brilliant woman. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, we'll absolutely dive in and talk about it. But in all of the cast in this uh, episode is great. But anyway, I mean, we normally jump into Who News here. I don't have anything for Who News, JP. Have you got anything you'd like I... to uh, say? Just had something come through on Twitter, or X, as it's called. Um, apparently, they have, uh, the BBC and Disney Plus have released new artwork promoting uh, the first series of Doctor Who coming in May 2024. Oh, yes. No, really they've cool. released a new poster thing. Yeah, it looks all right, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool, actually. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, to, to, to be honest, I'm not caught up yet, so <laughs> I have no comment whatsoever, apart from it's coming May 2024, which... It seems a long time away, but as we were discussing off air, it's really not that far away, is it? It's three months. That's insane. It's three months. Three months. Yeah, it's that's scary. But anyway, yeah. anything else to add before we jump in, JP? 
Uh, no, not for Doctor Who news. Insert bulletin here. I can do that now. <laughs> we can. Well, you could do it as if you ever edit the fucking videos. Yeah, I, well, as I say, I don't. I'm not clever enough to. As everybody saw, by the way, by the one that I edited. <laughs> I can't wait for so this I... audio. You're just going to have a penis above your head the entire time. <laughs> for the first five minutes, no one's going to know why until this point. Yeah. To be honest, the thing is, is when I edited, I actually had to put on Twitter an apolo- a pre-apology for how bad it was. <laughs> Did you really? I, Did, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Lovely. So that wraps up Who Knows. Now we move on to Voyage of the Dam. I think the best place to start off, you've already slightly mentioned it while I was talking about Kylie Minogue, budget. You can tell immediately the budget for this episode is 10 times probably what the entire last series was. Yeah, they they... Obviously, they sat down and had a big meeting, and they went, right, this Christmas special, excuse the pun, but let's push the boat out. <laughs> and because, they, but, they, but that's it. You know, you, I mean, let's have a look. The runtime, to begin with, was quite yeah. actually. I'd say it's slightly longer than than, not a, than a normal, you know, kind of Christmas special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The special effects. I mean, even even the exterior shots of the Titanic kind of going around the planet. Amazing, or, right? Amazing. Yeah, like. That, that that's going to cost money as well. You've yeah. got um, Mr. Oh, I put it down here somewhere. Where Mr. is he? Copper? No, uh, Banner Cafalata. Mr. Banner Oh, Cafalata. yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Of course, that's going to cost money to get him in, you know, kind of costume and, you know, with the cyborgs. Of course, you've got to hire a midget as well. They're not cheap, you know. Um, <laughs> no. Well, of all people as well, do you know who that is? He was in Star Wars, and he played... Ah, oh, I recognised him. Oh, who did he play? He played... He was in The Phantom Menace, wasn't he, or something? It, uh, wasn't, I, it wasn't Warwick Davis. Um, not Warwick Davis, no. I don't know about Phantom Menace, but he is now... He's like... He's new R2-D2. Oh, okay. I'm sure I saw... Uh, I'm sure I've seen him somewhere else as well. But, um, yeah, you can tell that push the budget out big time yeah i mean he's pretty big for a midget so there's two antagonists i suppose you've got the host what did you think of them first yeah i mean creepy i guess because it's kind of the same with the lazarus experiment um with with, when the actual monster when dr lazarus becomes the monster yeah it's that kind of uncanny valley that's right uncanny valley isn't it you know where you you can see they've got human features and They've got a nose, two eyes, ears, and everything. But you look at them and you think, no, that's that's not right. I don't mind. Which... <laughs> There's one point where I think one of them gets knocked or something, and it's like it's jaw sort of. Yes, when they drop the debris, um, when they, when he's got the debris up, and then he drops it when the doctor goes through, and then like squishes it. Yeah, well, yeah. There's that, but then there's another bit where it's just talking normally. I think the doctor might. I th- oh no! It's the one that falls on the um, on the CGI platform thing that looks like a PlayStation game. To be fair, yeah. when Banner Cafalata EMPs them, does, does his EMP thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, talk about that. But one of the I could have a stroke or something. Yeah, um, <laughs> very odd. Um, it's, a, it's a Sunday morning after a Saturday night out. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, jaws um, <laughs> all out of place. <laughs> Interesting though to have angel antagonists in the same series as Blink. I thought because I, I I always forget about these the hosts like they're so not remember. I just what an interesting design choice to make them angels. Like I just think that's quite yeah. I I guess there's two things. One to kind of comment on you know kind of 
danger coming from unexpected places, I guess. You know, okay. because the, yeah. the, the host being, well, the host, they're, they're, that's it, you know. Um, you, you wouldn't expect them to turn and then suddenly kill every, you know, all the witnesses. Mm. And two, I think that for a timepiece, I think if the Titanic in our, you know, in the actual world and everything, if the Titanic had hosts, I reckon they probably could have been like it. Because let's be real, like if you've got an, an you know a statue of an angel or something like that, that's a symbol of power and wealth. So let's be yeah, real. Yeah. And I think if you've got like I don't know how many of them they said there was eighty or something like that, eighty. If something you've got like a lot, that, yeah. yeah. There's there's obviously you're obviously a pretty kind of big baller, um, and I think that's quite cool. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And talking of big ballers, uh, the other antagonist of this story. Uh, Max Capricorn, what are your thoughts on uh, that fascinating? Uh, I said he looks like a bald Howard Stark. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I could tell it straight away when he's doing when he's doing his little video thing. I was like, he is not. He he's obviously the you know the main dude. Did you not? So. I'd forgotten like how obvious it was that he's bad. Like in my head, I'm like, are they going for a double bluff sort of thing? Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he he's so obviously bad. Surely he can't be the bad guy. Yeah, no. I I to be honest, I didn't. I, I was the other way around. I saw him being the bad guy. I didn't see the hosts being the kind of secondary bad guy, even though he okay. was controlling the hosts. I you know, but it's just he still smile, and I'm like, nah, that's that's dodgy. I I just yeah, no, it's not. Just immediately yeah. as sleazeball. I, yeah. I I absolutely love the fact that this entire episode is just an insurance job, basically, and just yeah, to try and cripple the board members. That's literally all it is. Um, I'd see what I didn't see, though. I didn't see him ended up in like a fucking box of wheels. Yeah, last didn't see that. I fascinated because there's a whole sort of undercurrent of um, cyborg racism, basically, in this episode. And I'm just trying to work out why make him a cyborg. Like, what does that add to the plot other than you can lift him up with the forklift? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's that's very interesting because I also have notes on that further down the line as well. So we will, we will cross that bridge when we get to it. The Doctor. He doesn't know what's going on. He works out it's the Titanic. He goes and has a little wander around. What does he do? Let's whip out the tux and have a fucking party. I love that. I, I actually <laughs> got a note saying I like the fact that the, the Doctor just rolls with it. You know, he's the, the TARDIS has crashed through his. I'm sorry, the Titanic has crashed through the TARDIS. Yeah. He then repairs it and then puts the TARDIS in the Titanic and then goes, Yeah, fuck it. Why not? I'm just going <laughs> to go for a bite, which I really like. And that, I think that's probably testament to the Doctor's character. He, the Doctor never, or at least from what we've seen, or what I've seen, um, the Doctor never specifically goes to a point. He always just yeah. ends up at the point. And then that's where him just walking around, having a look, seeing what's up. That's what causes him to find, I don't know, a monster, an alien, someone missing. That's just the way the Doctor is. He just rolls it, which I really like. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that was a good place to, to his character. No, um, for sure. Uh, speaking of his character, though, I couldn't picture Christopher Eccleston in this episode. And I think he's no. one of the first times that this has happened. But yeah, this is, I could not imagine Christopher Eccleston whacking on a tux and going, you know, just having this adventure. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's it. It's, it's not 
that's not his doctor's character. I mean, he would, I think with that, like with, with Eccleston's doctor, I think he'd probably go and find the captain of the ship to find out what happened. Yeah, he'd better take them on. Yeah, he'd have less fun with it, for sure. Yeah, yeah I think that, so. That's it. I think so. the doctor just going, oh, it's a pie. I'm just going to go pie. You know, just have a mingle around, have a look who's who. And yeah, that, that's it. I think Christopher Eccleston's doctor would have strengthened the breach, argued the captain, what's going on? Where are we? That's, you know, that's it. Um, which, yeah. Um, but I really, I then like the next kind of, um, the next shot of the party because it's an establishing shot. So you meet all of the characters who are then going to be the, in yes. essence, the main yes. characters. You meet them all at the same time. So Banaka Vanessa, you meet, uh, you meet Marvin and Foon, you meet yeah. uh, Rickson Slade, and you meet, oh, God, what's the old guy's name? Oh, the old guy. well, Mr. Copper. Mr. Copper, that's it. So you meet all five all, all five sets of, of main characters there, and I think that it's quite a nice thing because it shows how the Doctor has just put his stamp on each of those characters in the short space because we have seen those characters as much as long as the Doctor has seen them. So it just kind of, I don't know, it just it ties it nicely. It's, and a, it's, a, it's a nice establishing shot, like you said. Yeah, it it yeah. makes it all feel a little bit real and interconnected, like it could, like all yeah. these people are going to bump into each other and it makes sense for them to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, I, and I quite like that. And again, you know, the whole thing with Astrid where he's really nice to her, you know, and, and old Richard the Stane's like, oh, well, that's coming out of your wages. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it, man. Let me give you a hat. I, I, I do I, like that, but also... Who the fuck is being rude to Kylie Minogue? Waitress or not? Do you know what I mean? Who is being yeah, rude to a waitress that looks like Kylie they, Minogue? They, they, yeah, but they, they don't see her as Kylie Minogue. They see her as a waitress, which, unfortunately, there are people like it. And especially, you know, kind of on what I would assume is in that setting. There's bound to be. I'm not saying every rich person's an arsehole. But let's be real. There are probably a fair few people that would go, well, I just see the problem. You know, they spilt stuff over me. What's, what's that? Um, yeah, yeah. But of course, the introduction to Marvin and Foon is quite interesting as well. Because they say, they say fancy dress, but I, that's not fancy dress to me. And, that, and if it was fancy dress, poor fucking effort is what I'm <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. say. Yeah, like, it's come on. That effort. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> agree. Um, um, I, what do you think of, uh, I don't think is it Marvin. I think it's 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 like a space version of Marvin. Yeah, but oh, okay. what do you think? Of, he's obviously uh, of Tracy Beaker fame. I can't remember what his name is, but he's one of the the parents from Tracy Beaker, right? Yeah, yeah. They're interested. They're interested. I, I think they're. I mean, I, I've confession time. I've never seen Titanic. There we go. There's, there's another confession here. Um, I'm just going to pause time. for the booing. Is what's happening yeah, right yeah, now. Yes, 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 yes. I've never seen Titanic. It doesn't really interest me. Yeah. Um. I, I, so I don't know if there were two lovable, down-to-earth characters on the Titanic, or like a group of lovable, down-to-earth characters, and there was someone who was a secret person. You know, I, I, I get, I, I get the point that the Doctor is the stowaway, so that's Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. and Ashford is the bird whose name. Uh, Kate Winslet. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I, I get that. But then I, I don't know if there was a other, if there is a rich arsehole on the Titanic as well that tries to screw them all over. Or... Well, funnily enough, this is not the plot of Titanic. This is the Poseidon adventure. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's one where it rolls in its side, isn't it? 
yeah, it flips over, and then there's a group of people, the two lovable ones, the rich arsehole. They all have to make their way from the top, which is now the bottom, to the bottom, which is now the top. So this is Titanic in namesake only. And obviously, you've got the rich upper class, and then you've got the... There's a few, but it's 100% more accurate to, to the Poseidon adventure than it is to Titanic, for sure, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. That makes more sense, to be honest. I do think that... Uh, the, I thought the Titanic was the lead-up to the sinking. Then it sunk at the end, and that was it. But uh, No, the Titanic's like fucking an hour of lead-up, then an hour of crashing, and then an hour of drowning, basically. I, I don't like the Titanic. Like, <laughs> I was expecting that's how Kylie and I was going to go out. Really, I I, ge- I genuinely thought they were going to have some kind of because of course I've not seen the Titanic, but I know how it ends. I know there was well, the people have scientifically worked out that there was space for two of them on there. I genuinely thought it was going to be some kind of there was only enough oxygen in the room for one, so she jettisons herself, jettisons herself <laughs> out, or something like that. I genuinely thought that was how it was going to end. Well, you're like, not miles off, to be fair. She does sacrifice herself, but we are jumping ahead a little bit. Um, we are. Morvin and Thune. Like them? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as, as, the, as the episode goes on towards more their deaths, should we say, uh, it did get a little bit slapstick to my liking. I feel like yeah. they don't know. Well, maybe not Thune, uh, but Mar- Mar- Marvin, Morvin, definitely. They literally had, he had his fat, he lent the thing that he fell off. I am. Um... I think they're perfectly done. They're sort of comic relief, but they're not really comic relief. I love the whole thing about they won it in a competition, but it cost them 5,000 credits to win it in a competition. Like all of that, I fucking love. Uh, genuinely as well. And again, we're jumping in a little bit. Marvin Morvin, his death completely took me by surprise. Did it get, yeah. did it get you? <laughs> Well, yeah, I think yes and no. Yes, because it's the first death of the group. So then suddenly it's like, well, hold on a minute. This lovable character that you've got to know over the past 20, 25 minutes, yeah. he's gone. That's it. It, it. Anyone's up for grabs now. Anybody could die. And I think that's that's kind of where I was so surprised how quickly they killed off people. Yeah, I, it I does wasn't surprised, graphic, I, I wasn't surprised that they killed him off because I was like, well, I, I jokingly said to Brad, I said, oh, is this it where like, the last one standing becomes the doctor's companion? <laughs> a <laughs> battle royale, royale, yeah. <laughs> it's literally like a battle royale, the survival of the fittest, you know. Um, <laughs> but I was surprised that because Martin Morvin pulls off the thing. Then, Which is, but that uh, to me is just so out of the blue and so rad. And it's yeah. not even a host that kills him. He just. He's too fat for the ground, apparently, and he's gone. That that is what happens when you're five thousand credits in debt, all right? Yeah. You, you take the tumble over there because there's no debt in heaven. That's a very that's good point. That's why he wasn't worried about it. He's like, "Well, it's your fucking problem. It's not mine. I know what yeah. I'm doing." Right. <laughs> he had his exit plan sorted. <laughs> that's why he was laughing. It was it was like, it wasn't a comedy laugh. It was a joke of like insanity. <laughs> he was just like. Oh, that's a dreadful joke to make. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> no, it's um, yeah, no, they they kill. So he he falls off, and then yeah. uh, Banner just detonates. Uh, just just gives up. Yeah, <laughs> it just detonates. That's it. Um, and then of course, Spoon then absolute fucking Leroy Jenkins it <laughs> off the edge. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which we'll, we'll get there because we'll, I I've we got will. some brilliant fucking nuts. Um, but no, so yeah, I, I quite like them. So we so we make more than a phone, and then of course we go to what is probably my favourite part of the episode where they go down to Earth. Ah, oh, okay. Well, why? It's just, it makes sense, right? You've had three alien invasions in a row. Oh, he's gone now. He's gone. You got three three alien invasions in a row, right? And let's be real, they've all happened in London. It's Christmas time. You'd have to leave London. Like that's that that was to me, that's what I'd do. It, it just makes sense. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. You would one hundred percent if you lived in this Doctor Who universe at this time, you'd be getting the fuck out of London. Oh um, you'd, you'd be you'd be like London is a bad time for Christmas. Isn't it just uh, what um, did you think of the little old man that stayed behind? He's quite sweet, actually. Because, you know, very sweet. Probably voted for Brexit. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get you reckon? Yeah, he's... Yeah. Somewhere there's there's a pub with a story with him being some kind of a football hooligan or something like that. <laughs> so um, we may or may not see that character again. He well, actually... Middle of the the actor that played him died late last oh. year. And I was just oh, thinking yeah. to my head, oh, it's sad that, you know, last year we lost him, we lost the Queen. And I was like, I wonder who else in this episode has died. So the old man in the in the in the concession stand that stayed around London. Obviously the right. Queen has died. Yeah. Mr. Copper, he died. Oh. Uh the captain, dead. Uh quite a few people have not wow. lived long after <laughs> this episode. And it's a real life Titanic episode. This is a bloody <laughs> hell. Um, um, I did. Like, I love. Uh, talking, oh, God, please take it. I was going to say, talking to Mr. Connor, I love the little bit of dialogue just before they go down to Earth, and he says about a god of Santa <laughs> who has big claws, went to war with turkeys. They start boxing. And I love that because um, it's right on the tip of my tongue. There's something that. I was watching this the other day, and they did a similar thing about like Christmas, like traditions and everything like that being very strange. And when you think about it, they are very strange. I mean, the fact that we get a dead tree, put it up in the living room, and decorate it with shiny things. Now, to us, we go, "Well, we do that because it's Christmas." But how do they express? Why do you do that? Where does that come from? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, what is it? Because Finland gave us a tree once upon a time, right? So now we always do it. Something odd like that. No. I, I love the whole idea that, yeah, there is probably a university degree out there in earthonomics or whatever they call it. And yeah, yeah. some people are going to be fucking shit at it. You know, when I try and speak German, I'm not fucking speaking German. I'm butchering it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I brilliant humor. Yeah. And just constantly throughout, they don't overdo it, which I was worried about rewatching it. I was like, oh, is it going to be too much? I think it's a really, really good level of humor. Going back to them landing on Earth, how interesting is it? Because we always get it from the companion's point of view, landing on an alien planet. How cool is it seeing Kylie Minogue's reaction to Earth? And even the Doctor just being like, it's just a street. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. But it's blown her away. I fucking love that. I I also like that. And it, it, it's the same reason, because I love travelling. I didn't manage to go far last year. I mean, I'm, I went all the way to Dublin for a long weekend, which I was not sober for. Most of it. <laughs> um, 
But I love traveling. And my favorite thing about traveling is going into a new place. You're like, wow, that's a, that's a shop. That's a, a different shaped ambulance. That's a different shaped taxi. Yeah. Wow, yeah. you drive on the right side of the road. You know, it's all stuff like that that's new to you. And you, I mean, look, it's like, I, you know, I work in London. The amount of people I nearly walk into the back of because they're taking a picture of the fucking graphic lights or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And you're like, why are you taking a picture of the traffic lights? And they're, because, they're like, because it's London traffic lights. And you're like, oh, yeah, I see them every day. And then, like, it's vice versa. Like, you know, you people taking pictures of Times Square in New York for you and the Burj Khalifa. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Like that. You see every day. You don't, you just take it for granted. You're like, it's there. But if you're in that new location, like you're saying, kind of that's like, wow, this is a street. And the doctor's yeah. like, well, yeah, it's the street. I, you know, and I, I really like that because. Even though that they are aliens, well, they're technically aliens, it's a genuine response. And it's yeah. a response that we can relate to as well, which, again, kind of pulls, I think, pulls the viewer into a self, uh, kind of a sense of safety. And then when they finally kill them off, it's like, oh, no, but the street, like, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, I really like it. Yeah, no, it is pretty cool. For just a little old man running a news agent, he can keep it. Very cool when people just vanish in front of him. Well, I mean, he did go. He did go on a little rant that was then cut off, didn't it? So he he then starts going, "Oh, not again," or something like that, and then it cuts back. But if someone is... if someone teleported in front of you, I don't know what I'd do. I'd fucking shit a brick. I'd probably ask him to go with me. <laughs> this is oh so true. Yeah, I mean, brilliant little bit. And then we're back on to. Uh, we're back onto the Titanic and the captain has let all of these old fogies go off and have a dab of whiskey or whatever it is that he says. And the young yeah. kid is like, no, two men have to be manning the bridge. And there's an incoming meteor storm of three meteors. I'm not sure what the actual number is to qualify a storm, but three sounds small. I mean, look, I... I... I don't know. I guess there was three big ones because there's never going to just be three solid objects. You're going to have like splinters and, and everything yeah. like that. So maybe there was three. But I don't know. I mean, what's a meteor a shower? What's the difference between a storm and a shower? <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a shower too. Yeah, no, maybe. Well, ah, I would, a shower is going to be less than a storm. Yeah, yeah. So just a meteor on its own is one. Shower is two. Storm is three. Fuck knows what four is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. Oh, and then there's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just want to comment as well. The set of the Titanic is yeah. fucking brilliant. Like the bit yeah. where, uh, you know, Tennant is he's, he's, he's working out that the shields are down. He's working out that there's a meteor storming coming. All of that genuinely suspenseful. Uh, yeah. All the extras are doing an amazing job. Even the little... Um, a band that they have playing as well. Love all of that. Yeah. And uh he works it out and he's dragged off. He's called crazy basically. And yeah. that little bit, just watching him being dragged out. Kylie Minogue obviously is like, no, I'm I'm running after this guy, Morvin and Boone. And then all of a sudden Rickson, Rickston, the biggest fucking arsehole in the world. We'll talk about that in a minute. I just love watching them all slowly be drawn out of that main room. Then catastrophe hits. And, you know, we've spoken about this before where I think you said they do it in Star Trek. 
you just have the actors throw themselves around and then the camera moves yeah. in post. Considering that's all this is, it looks fucking awesome. Good. It's it so good. It yeah. they, they've done a good job. And and this is what we were saying right at the start of the episode. And the fact that you can tell that they, they had just freedom of the budget. Obviously, there was a budget. They, they couldn't just go, yeah, just fuck it. Do, do that, however much it costs. However. But you can tell that they had more of a budget than they normally do with the you know, the actual series. Yeah. Which is just, it just shows. It really does show. You know, I mean, no offense to the extras and everything like that, but I'm assuming that they got on board kind of actual qualified extras rather than just 20 people that, that signed up that had a, you know, kind of some kind of experience acting. They've got actual qualified extras that, you know, specialize in that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been hiring true. Darren on that day. We don't need that. Yeah, that um, um, so yeah, so then we yeah. get, like you said, our rapid fire deaths. We just get the two security guards. Then immediately the steward gets sucked out. And then we are well, left with our core cast. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say that was an interesting one because I, I've i always said about the doctor just rushes off into places. He's very lucky that he's not coming proper. You know, he's, he's not open the door in his steam or that happened. And I was like, there you go. That's why you don't rush. <laughs> yeah. There you I go. Like Learn a lesson, actually, Doctor. Yeah, but I like how the Doctor actually went, oh, wait, as if to say, hold on a minute. So does the Doctor have a sixth sense, like he just has X-ray visuals or some kind of... I don't know if he could work it out that like that room would have depressurized or something like that. Yeah. Maybe he does. So Peter Capaldi has a theory that he can, the Doctor can see all of time and space. And he is just uh, inserting himself in and just having fun with it and just going with it. So he sort of does, he is sort of omniscient, but I don't actually know if I agree with him on that. I think he just, yeah. you know, he Sherlocked it and he was just like, there's clearly been some decompression behind there. Don't fucking open that door. But yeah, he's just gone. Absolutely yeah. just poof, gone. And um, <laughs> I was going to say, my favorite thing is though, is they obviously look, they show the shot outside of it. And the, the chief steward's slowly drifting off, and there's a kind of a couple of bodies. And Kylie Minogue just goes, How many do you think are dead? <laughs> and the doctor's supposed to go, One, two, <laughs> what did she expect? Like, that's such a stupid fucking question. It's like, Well, I don't know. Look, look at this. You count. I've got things to do. <laughs> yeah, at least three. There's three there. One's just gone out, one's on the floor there. Like, I, I don't know. It, it was just such a... It just made me chuckle. It was just like... Yeah. Such, it was such... It's a fucking... I, I have to say this because I am blonde, but it's such a blonde question. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. you know, just, yeah, it is quite funny. Yeah. Who uh, cares as well? Uh, and then speaking of seeing the dead bodies floating around, you just see the TARDIS slowly drifting off to the... Uh, yeah, that was predictable. To the, uh, but uh, again, this is why I think this is the perfect episode of Doctor Who because... A TARDIS light story are some of the best stories. I've just written down a couple here. Uh, Impossible Planet and Satan Pit, TARDIS yeah. one. Uh, yeah. Smith and Jones, another ep- uh, awesome episode. No TARDIS there. No TARDIS, uh, yeah. 42. One of your favorite episodes, I know. He's cut off from the TARDIS. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just a perfect plot point. Um, and yeah, and I'm. The TARDIS floating away looked a little bit ropey. Uh, yeah. Some of the bodies around. 
again a little bit rapey, but we mentioned it earlier. The CGI takes a huge step up in this level. Uh, in this yeah. episode, I mean, these thermal shots of the, the Titanic, you know, before when it's just kind of sailing around, I guess you call it, uh, and then once it's been damaged and you see the debris coming off of it, yeah. you know, kind of. Yeah, they've they've done well there. They've done well, and that and that would have cost, especially back in two thousand and eight, that would have cost some money. Oh yeah, now I could probably knock it up on the editor. Do you know what I mean? But back in the day, yeah, that's hundreds of thousands, presumably. What I mean, Um, which uh, yeah, but um, what's interesting, we we then get, of course, the um, the host then comes to life. Should we say? Well, if we can backtrack just a minute. We get the reason that I think this is the best episode ever. And it's when Rickston goes, why are we listening to you? And oh, like, yeah, yeah, that little bit, the doctor in a tuxedo, surrounded by explosions. I'm the doctor. I'm 903 years old. Yeah. That, that 10 second clip or however long it is, that's a trailer for all of Doctor Who. That alone. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Oh. That is just or it's uh, like, I don't even know. It's just top-tier fucking stuff. Yeah, I, I've got to say, it, it was, to me, I mean, I can't say that it, it was that because, of course, Avengers came out after. But it was the, you know, in the first Avengers film where Captain America and Iron Man are there. He's like, oh, we'll take off the suit, why are you? And he's like, billionaire, philanthropist, playboy, that kind of yeah. thing. It, it's like that. It is just, it's cool. Is cool. That is so. And of course, they've got these really creepy robots that they can obviously, you know, eat or crush or snap in half or something like that. And they decide to use a frisbee. <laughs> it's an odd choice, isn't it? A fucking frisbee, right? Which, <laughs> by the way, I can't work out the, the, the lethality, if that's even a word, of said frisbee. Because yeah. there are times where it hits. It hit the, like when they're on the bridge bit, it hits the doctor, and you're like, "Well, yeah. okay, that's the doctor. Maybe he's got a special suit, or maybe he's a bit more hardy." But then it hits Mister Copper, and I'm like, "Well, he's just a man." <laughs> I'm like, a- "An that- ancient man as well." Let's not forget. Yeah. Do you know so, what I mean? So like, does that mean that that poor bloke down in engineering, the angel, was just there like kind of several times, just fucking lobbing him? It's like, oh just no, oh no, no, no. Him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, What a way to go, fucking yeah. hell! Yeah, it kind of lost me a bit there. I was just like, "Oh well, that's you know, they still creepy, but I just didn't understand the frisbee." I just feel like they could, even if they'd done what the, the um, what they call the mannequins, there's just little guns in the arms, just you know. It is, yeah. Way. It's really strange, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, really strange. Um, I do. I, one of the creepiest bits is information kill, kill, kill. Yeah. Like that's a bit like that's unnerving because that's like yeah. Skynet shit. Do you know what I mean? That feels oh, yeah, like 100%. we're not far off from that. Yeah, it's just that it, it's very kind of again, it's the whole uncanny valley. You know, the mouth is open, it's talking, but the lips aren't moving, and yet the ones we're saying is kill. And you're like, it's oh, very odd. Done like that. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. Um, talking of style, so we then get, of course, the bit where we have the cute discussion between Morgan and Toon where they say about the debt and everything like that as they're putting together the, the yeah, they're trying to rewire the host. And of course, up top, we get Astrid and Balaka for Matter. Balaka for Matter. Yeah. I wrote it down. And um, of course, they go up top and he 
I guess gets tired or out of charge, maybe. I have no I, idea. I, I, the I whole thing know. is so strange. But they have that, you know, they have that very cute conversation between Ashton and, and Battle Life Matter. And I couldn't work out because it's a well-known fact that the X-Men comics, back when they were written as comics, were a, a metaphor for uh, kind of black people and civil rights and, and everything like that. That was that was well known. And then when the movies came out in the early 2000s, they then adapted it with the time, so it was then to do with kind of gay people. And that's why about, like, you know, there's the lines about, they say about, or could you just not try being a mutant? Or, like, you know, things like that. Right, that's, right, that's, right, right. I couldn't work out if that was maybe a comment on what, you know, whether it was to do with gay rights or whether it was to do with kind of black rights or what. I couldn't work it out because they kind of like Astrid mentions about you can marry and you can do. And I'm like, I can't work out if it was just if I was looking too deeply into it or whether it was actually a comment. It's uh, it's an odd one because it's like it's so subtly. It's like it's almost unimportant to the plot. It's so subtly laid through. The only real reason it's there is to explain kind of why Max was kicked out of the company, I think is the reason yeah. that it's there. But I, I don't know. It, knowing Russell's history, it would probably be related to the LGBTQ plus community, whether it's specifically about the gays. I'd say the gays sounds wrong. Do you know what I mean? It does, it sounds... it does, yeah, but that, that's the thing, because I, I couldn't, the only thing they, they specifically mentioned about marriage and I'm like, of course, at that time, don't think there were many, which is hard to believe, but I think it was only recently, like 2011 or 12 or something, he was actually able to get married as a gay person. Which is unbelievable. Un-fucking-believable. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, and I, I think, of course, this time in 2008, are we saying this one came out? That wouldn't, yeah, have, been, so, yeah. that wouldn't have been about it. So I, I just feel like it could be. But yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one. But I do think you're right. I think that was all part of the point of you know, kind of bringing it out. So when it is revealed that Max Capricorn is a is a cyborg, it's like, oh, that's why he's angry and bitter. But it it is yeah, it's just on just having this like it's for me, it's interesting to make him this little red alien and then make him a cyborg. Because it's like we already don't know what he is being this weird little red thing. Yeah. It's just a weird added layer, but I suppose it gets them out of trouble because he's now an EMP. So, yep. so it's just that, that bit is an odd plot point, I will concede. It also seems like a bit of a security risk. Letting because, a cyborg on, yeah. Well, like, let's be real. Like, that guy's got, like, a fucking weapon concealed. <laughs> just like... Bang, that's it. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I can think of other things that go bang that would probably obviously be a very decent initiative. Well, yeah, thinking about it, what if the EMP was strong enough to cut the Titanic's engines? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. It was, it was a strange one. It was a very strange one. But I do like him as a character. And of course, I, I love the fact that he kind of, well, he saves them. There's no, there's no way of sugarcoating. He saves them by by unleashing the EMP like true fucking I don't know what Dragon Ball Z stuff. Just bang and all like you know again the special effects. They all fall down and and that's it. Um, which I yeah. want to know 
when else has he used that? Maybe when he got into bed and he forgot to turn out the light. Just <laughs> that'll do until morning. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty plug himself in, char- char- like plug himself in via USB, charge him, charge himself overnight, and he's cushy. He's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, new, like new, new wiring, but yeah. Just to play pranks on the missus when she puts Coronation Street on and he can't yeah. be asked. He's just like, <laughs> I'm just going to the bathroom. <laughs> so oh, odd. No. So odd. Yeah, even, the, even the little proposal to Astrid is just a bit like, where's that come from? And, well, it's a bit weird, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I it's you said, it almost felt, you know what it almost felt like? And this, uh, I'm really, this is really dreadful for you, but it almost felt like a make wish kid. Ha, yes, it did. Honestly, I'm not being insensitive, but if it count, if if like if you could use your wish to marry Kylie Minogue, where can I sign up? Yeah, do you reckon it's like a genie though? But you can't wish for someone to fall in love with. Well, I I'd just take a shag if I'm being honest. (laughs) (laughs) The love thing will come later. Forget about that. Yeah, I think we should move with yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move swiftly. We upset the Make a Wish Foundation. Um, So, of course, we then get Foon's absolute just high on Foon welcomes Jackass, which is just I don't get why she's done it. I really don't. The only thing is, I can think is, but I can't even say insurance fraud because the whole fucking episode is insurance fraud. And her other half, she she's already due to benefit from a load of money. So <laughs> I, I just I just tie it around something heavy apart from yourself. Which is fucking like, what? Just push. Why if it flew? Why if it could suddenly fly again? <laughs> yeah, he starts know. using her as like a conquer. That's a giant wrecking ball that comes in. <laughs> Let's be real, mate. Nothing was carrying that. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? No, like, no. To be no. fair, I know that's an awful joke, but um, I uh, again, I think the two of their deaths genuinely, and I've seen it before, came as a surprise to me. Genuinely, a little yeah. bit out of the blue. Um, yeah. But you're right; it is. It's a Deus Ex Machina. And um, before we get there, she timed it well because she, the Doctor uses this uh, security. Protocol, and then lands on one. What if he hadn't have got that right, and this guy, and you know, he'd have just frisbeed his head off or something? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a good thing the doctor's called. Yeah, food didn't just fucking go for it. (laughs) I never got to ask you the question. Yeah, exactly. Wait a second. Um, I love the you only get three questions role. It is especially later is used so brilliantly to comic relief. It's an excellent little reprise from what's otherwise yeah, I, quite a depressing ending, to be fair. And to be honest, it kind of closes up a, a big plot hole there because you could kind of go, well, hold on a minute. If the Doctor could ask all these questions, why didn't you just ask why they were doing it, what they were doing? You know, suddenly you get, even though it's it's shrouded in comic, you know, kind of comic relief with the Doctor asking the questions, going, oh, that wasn't my question, that wasn't my question. It yeah. kind of... It plays it perfectly because it still adds that element of mystery there, no, which does. I really like. Yeah, and, and I think I think they've done very well there. And, it um, doesn't yeah, no, make any good. sense if you think about it. Why would you only allow three questions in your security protocol? But you know, we're willing to give it a pass because it is the best episode of Doctor yeah. of all time. Um, 
And I do love that paradox question. You know, with a bit reason in the kitchen. Oh, it is kitchen so it's just perfect. He is pure doctor. He is just pure doctor. He just, he's on it. That's it. He goes, these are my, yeah, this is my question. Goes, goes through it with logic and then just goes, am I right? And then, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Didn't, he doesn't even doctor. need the question. That's how yeah. good the doctor is at this point. Am I right? Like, you're not giving me any information. I'm just confirming that I'm legendary. Yeah. We get the weird CGI bridge battle thing. And then I like that the Doctor proceeds to just speed run the entire episode. He's just back over the bridge. He's back down the stairs. He's back through the kitchen and everything. And yeah, he then finds, as you mentioned, the, the, the host. If he does his three questions, even though they're not three questions. Brilliant bit. Uh, and then take me to your leader. Classic line. Like yeah. 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 And the fact that he says he's always wanted to say that as well. It's, it's brilliant. It is. It is very brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that was that was quite cool. And I think that was probably my kind of. I know the ending felt a bit rushed on this. Really? Well, it was just the facts, right? That they killed off three of the characters in the space of technically one scene. Three characters died in that scene with the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was like, who's the third? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, right, well, you have the screwdriver, which, by the way, would the doctor actually give the screwdriver to Princess? I suppose, I what think. choice did he have? Well, he could have given it to Mr. Copper or Doctor. Why, did, why didn't he give it to Mr. Copper? Exactly. Uh, and this is, this is the, I just, it didn't really tee up. And then suddenly they have this, they have this weapon that they can. They have to charge, but then recharges itself every sixty seconds. It's like, well, if it recharges itself after every other, yeah, you know, every sixty seconds, or baffa or baffa capillator, you just plug it back into it, we'd be up and about, you know. I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just, it just seemed a little bit rushed towards the end, and you know, it just, yeah, it was a strange one. It was, it was a strange one. But I do like the questions. I've, I've got to say, the questions I do like, they, you know, um, at the time to later. And then, of course, we do get the reveal that Matt's Capricorn is actually on the ship. <sighs> Doesn't Why? make any sense. Why is he on the ship? Why is he on the ship? <laughs> surely, on... if you're, uh, yeah, I just, surely if you're putting yourself at the crime scene, that's suspicious. That's what I mean, because his whole plan is to get the board fired. But yeah. what, how is he ever going to explain being on the ship? Why is he not just watching this unravel from home? Yes, you've got the technology to fly a fucking space Titanic. Surely you've got some technology to go, right, let's just do that. It doesn't just, make I, I any just, sense. Then they go, oh, well, oh, it's an indestructible box, so you'll be all right, like, you know, and everything, which, all right, that makes sense. But why does he have to be on the ship? No, exactly. Why does he have to, like, I, I, I can get it. A black box, fine. Airplanes have a smaller version of them. Fine, yeah. fine. Yeah. But why put yourself in it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so bizarre. Um, I really, I really don't know. You know. I have the exact same note. Why is Max on the ship? Um, yeah. I must admit, it's obviously just a man sat in a box. But it looks pretty good. Yeah, it's a bit square. 
It's quite a square, but you have to it's have room for the man. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, let, let's be real. Like, if you if you're going to all that trouble to make him like a massive side, surely you try and make it maybe a little bit more rounded. I guess it just looks like that's a cube. And it just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It didn't seem like you've got all this lovely smooth architecture of the space Titanic and everything, and then you've just got a fucking box on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just thinking out loud. I think that kind of works if the cyborg culture is so mm. frowned upon and is so repressed and all that. It makes sense that they wouldn't have technology as cutting edge as you know they wouldn't have. Oh, they wouldn't have access. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it is a bit you know black market esque. He's had to get it done. Yeah. Actually, I think that could kind of work in universe. Could, yeah. Um, they never really explained why he became a cyborg. No, no explanation there. It's all very it, vague. It was just, I, I mean, he looked like he'd been fucked up. Like, pretty, I mean, he had a dodgy eye as well. Right? He did have like, a dodgy eye, yeah. Like, uh, where's this come from? I bet some fucking thinks he's got tooth as well. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, he did, maybe he did just get the shit kicked out of him one day. Yeah, but there, there was no, like, explanation as to why he's a cyborg. It was just oh, he's a cyborg, and that's the reason he got kicked off the thing. But it's like, well, surely you give a little bit. Like, even if they'd have been like, I don't know, the the, the board denied him medical care or something like that. Exactly. And that's how he ended up as a cyborg, and that's why he's salty, because he kind of, he, you know, it's a double jeopardy thing where he's now a cyborg because of the board, and the board won't let him back on there because he's a cyborg. Then they kind of screwed over that way, but I like that, and that's just a sentence as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it is like, you, know, of, uh... you just you don't, yeah. But I don't know. It's very, very weird. Um, almost as weird as Kylie Minogue driving a forklift without a fucking. Well, I will just stop you there. There's mm-hmm. two things that I remember when this first aired because I genuinely this is actually my favorite episode of Doctor Who. And it has been since it came out. So immediately I went on and put, it was called Doctor Who Confidential, like the behind the scenes thing that they did. And the only two things I remember from it is one, it's not Kylie Minogue driving because she doesn't have a license. It's her stunt double. I don't know why that stuck with me so much. And then the second, I remember vividly, they like, they explain how they do the kissing with the translucent Kylie Minogue at the end. And I just remember them saying, David Tennant had to, kiss her so they do the shot and then Kylie Minogue had to walk out of the shot and then they carry on filming David Tennant just standing there and then they splice the two together don't know why those two things have stayed with me but um it's an odd ending why is the forklift there okay we see it carrying the angels earlier but why is he on the same deck as the angels maintenance why is he there at all thank fuck he's in a wheelchair yeah. But then why not just make it a wheelchair? So many questions. Why didn't she just jump out? Why didn't she just jump out? Well, and yet... Because they, they established... Well, well she falls out work. of it, doesn't she? She's then falling. Well, I, don't, I don't think it works. Like, the, the thing is, it just I, I audibly groaned because there's a bit where the Max is like, stop her. And the angels are like, it's fucking frisbee time. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, no, they've cut the brake line. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, they've done it. They've done it. And I just, you know, I'm just like, oh. and But then if they cut the brake line, she could have just accelerated. That thing wasn't going to stop. She could have just rolled out. 
No, exactly. I do agree with that. Genuinely, quite heartbreaking. Um, oh, watching the so. doctor scream whilst he's trapped from the angels. I mean, I'm getting doomsday vibes from it. I know that might be quite sacrilegious to say, but it's a similar sort of vibe, you know? Uh, the, the problem is, my, my notes then go into too dramatic, way too dramatic, what's the point of this moment? I just, it, it, this is where it completely <laughs> broke down for me. Like, I'm not saying it's bad or anything like that, but it, it just was too, it was over the top. You know, the bit where they've got Mr. Copper and fucking Rickston's played like, Leading each other down, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, why? Like, I just—they've gone from. I wouldn't say it was completely serious. It wasn't. You know, there was there was kind of comedy edges there and everything like that. But they, yeah, I just loved it. I, I really do. And then there's the bit where he's just slowly, dramatically walking down the corridor as the sparks go. Up. And I'm like, oh yeah, that, that that's a minute you're gonna save right there. Like there's oh. just there, there is. No need for the doctor to walk down a hallway with a load of sparks. There is every need to have that shot because it's fucking awesome. Even the way he locks arms with the angels. And listen, they hit the ceiling at 100 miles an hour to go through it. And he's just fine. And it doesn't make any sense. No, but it's no, fucking awesome. Oh, they put them together. Yeah, that, that they put the stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that's it. So Space <laughs> Jesus becomes Superman. I, I uh-huh. just don't. I mean, I, I like the whole kind of becoming the new leader of the host. Ah, I do have a question on that. It Go says on. that author, uh, you know, command falls to the next highest authority. He made a huge deal, literally ten minutes before, about well, well, I'm a stowaway, so you can't kill me, so you have to take me to my lead, take me to your leader. Why is a yeah. stowaway the net authoritative figure? I think I know, and I think it's because Max Capricorn says something about, oh, you would be my number two or something like that. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. That then works. He he says about, like, oh, it's a shame that I have to kill you because you would have been my next number two or something like that. I think that's where that comes from. Maybe that's registered something in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, you're right, because technically it would go to the captain. The captain's dead, so it'd be the only surviving crew member, which himself being is upstairs. Exactly, yeah. Um, Stowaway would be bottom of the fucking list of authority. But, (laughs) anyway, I I can't believe we're not on the... This, for me, is like the Transformers films are not good films. Yeah. That's a fact. But there's just something about watching them that just gives you a giddy feeling. It's the reason they make so much money. It's the reason I will continue to watch them. And watching, you know, Michael Bay and his lens flare and slow-mo king. And this is pretty much that. And it just, it's so nice seeing the Doctor as the actual hero that he is. Like, this is his superhero moment, really. Yeah, I I, I just, I don't know. I just think that it was just... It was overdramatic, far too overdramatic. I, I just, I don't like. The only bit I think is overdramatic is having the queen running out of Buckingham Palace and with her corgis. That was a bit yeah. nonsense, but again, I kind of love it. I kind of love I, it. You know what? I, I, I did love the save the corgis thing. Um, yeah. But- not as much as I love the Alonzi Alonzo. What a classic. Come on. Two Alonzi seasons Alonzo. in the making. 
Alonzi, Alonzo. Brilliant. I'm going to be shouting that throughout Formula One this season. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And just yeah. while I sat down, I was going to scream at my TV. Alonzi, Alonzo. You know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I just, I mean, I like the, I like the whole dramatic thing where the one place the ship is going to crash in London happens to be the only person in fucking London. Of course it is. I don't love- but- even the doctors, like for fuck's sake, why did it have yeah, to be yeah, this? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just love that they established that right when they first go down to London, because they go, "Oh, well, it's only the Queen that's in London." Yeah, yeah, it is just is pure. It is over dramatic. It is and, nonsense. Uh, at that point, I went, "Well, what happened to the Prince Philip?" <laughs> <laughs> Take I mean, the corgis, fuck Philip. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we, we all know that Prince Andrew was uh, safe on Epstein's Island, by now. Wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I, I will admit, I audibly gasped, thank you, Doctor, thank you. <laughs> that was a bit like, for fuck's sake. But yeah. I'm absolutely here for it. And you know, like infamously, I have a problem with Doctor Who episodes when they're just action-driven. This works for me, honestly. I was, yeah. I had so much fun with this. I mean, it's a strange one because at the end of the day, yeah, you've said you've said before that you don't like action, like the it, no, not the last Christmas special, the Christmas special before with the stupid sword fight, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, it's an interesting. It just works for me, but um, yeah. So that's sort of you know they pull it up, they just use the well, they say they use the atmosphere to reignite the star drive. Which kind of makes sense, though, if you think about it. Well, it does and it doesn't. because It makes sense if you think about it at a certain level, but then if you go too far, it doesn't make any sense. Because you you think, well, oxygen helps ignite the, you know, kind of the engine, and that's why it causes it, and there's no oxygen in space. But then you're like, well, how that means it's got to be a flame. So how does a flame burn in space where there's no oxygen? (laughs) Who knows? Who gives a fuck? Just let it happen. Um, But the real ending of this is, and I genuinely, genuinely thought he was going to save her, um, is the saying goodbye to Astrid. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, you know, the ghost of Bink, and I I mean Kylie Minogue, um, was, uh, yeah, I I don't, is this the first companion across all, like, up to what we see now? Is this the first companion that's actually died? In because New Who, yeah, classic New Who, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, so in New Who, it's the first companion, that, and I'm going to call her a companion because she was For sure, yeah, 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 100%. Um, but it's interesting. Um, I mean, almost as interesting as how the fuck do you actually kiss a ghost? I'm not sure how that works, but it's interesting to see the doctor kind of grieve, I guess. Well, yeah, he's lost, is what's happened, yeah. Yeah, and, and like with the console, he's like kind of like wafting away the smoke, and it's quite sad to watch. Like, uh, if you was to see a kid drop an ice cream or something like that, you feel bad. <laughs> like, you I'm telling you, if you lost Kylie Minogue, you were going to, yeah. like, you'd be upset, exactly. I do find it brilliant, though, that who was the last person we saw him get this upset about? Rose. And he's had a companion in between, Martha. Like, this doctor in particular so has a type. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> I, I mean, look, to be honest, I, I, I will stick up for Martha. I will say there wasn't really any time that Martha was in real danger, the doctor. I think the only time there was was 42, where they're in the, where they get jettisoned out in the light. Yes, yeah. And he looks pretty, you know, he's like, I'll save him. He's put on the window and everything like that. Famously, and, your most favourite episode so far, yeah. Oh, I loved it. Couldn't, couldn't wait. I wish I was in there. <laughs> um, but no, that's it's, the only time I think we've really seen Martha in some kind of danger. I don't think there's really been anything else, even in the season of Martha. It was the Doctor that was technically in danger, not Martha. So I, I think that if you look at what Rose has been through, I think Rose has had more near, like near-death experiences than Martha. Okay, yeah, fair so enough. I don't, I, don't, I don't think Martha had the chance to be in the near-death experience to the Doctor to react the way that he did. You know what I mean? But I don't know, could be, could be reading it too much. But um, yeah, it's, as I said, it's sad, I guess. Um, but I, I get the whole false ghost thing. You know, there are particles there, there are particles of that person. But they opened a window on a spaceship. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's you can't even do it on planes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I really uh, I, I, um, yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, it, it just works. So, do you know what I mean? Just letting her go out, see the starts, it just works. I mean, I would actually argue genuinely that he's now kept her in a perpetual state of torture because when she's come back, she's like, I'm falling. I'm, I'm fucking falling. falling. He's now yeah, damned fine. her to an eternity of feeling <laughs> like she's falling. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I, mean, um, yeah, I, I suppose those particles are still technically falling, don't they? But it's more just the fact that she consciously thinks that she's falling. Forget about yeah. what he hands did. But it is genuinely lovely. And I think Doctor Who has a thing where you can't just kill off a companion. That tends to be a recurring theme without spoiling anything. You can't just kill off and have them be dead. I think there may be some rules in place, maybe for like the rating system or something. Um, I think it's lovely. I think it's very sad. I think we were fucking robbed of a companion. And it's mental to think that Kylie Minogue at the minute is the biggest pop star in the fucking world. She was yeah. on fucking Doctor Who. How cool is that? That, that is a strange. That is a strange one, isn't it? Because you would you have put Kylie Minogue and Doctor Who together? So I need somebody. I need somebody in the comments to tell yeah. me how this came about. Why is she Kylie in Doctor Who? Kylie Minogue wanted to get into acting, couldn't quite break in Hollywood, and went hey London. Are you joking? Kylie Minogue started in acting. Her, she was on Neighbours. That's how she oh, became famous. I thought it was Danny Minogue. No, Danny Minogue is the sister. Kylie and yeah, I, um, I, 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 who's I, the guy? Kylie and Jason. Jason Donovan. That's it. They both started out in uh, Neighbours. Yeah, really? yeah. That's I, how I, she got her break. I don't know if the I think it's uh, one of the other reasons that I like this episode so much is because Rixton survives, and yeah. you know. If you looked at it from a literary point of view, Rixton is the first one that you would say would die. I think this episode does a really good job 
sending a message to kids that sometimes the bad guys live. Sometimes the wrong, you know, Mr. Copper almost justifies it. But I think that's a really important message because in Doctor Who, it's fairy tale-esque in that the bad guys always lose and the good guys always bad. But to have Rookston survive, I think is a hugely important, underrated part of this story. I The thing I like about the writing for Rickston at the end is he thanks the Doctor. Big old hug. Doctor, thank you so much for saving me. Don't worry, I've sold those shares. I'm going to be filthy rich. That is a man who has stared death down in the face and has gone, I'm never changing. It's like Alan at the end of um, at the start of The Hangover 3. You know, he's yeah, yeah. And he's just like, I remember what he said to me. Never change. <laughs> never. <laughs> like, I just love it. I just think it's just, it, it's a testament to his character and the fact that uh, an arsehole will never change. You know, no, exactly. There are some people that will see the light and then change their ways, but for that guy, there is no redemption. He's just they, that's the way he is, and unfortunately, in life, that that is what happens. Sometimes. You know, there's there's I can think of plenty of, of stuff that I thought, well, I can't believe that's happened or not happened. You know, um, no, but yeah, sure. no, it's it's an interesting one. And then, of course, we get a really, really sweet thing with uh, with is it Mister Copper or Doctor Copper? Mister Copper, yeah, Mister Copper. We so we get really another sweet. fake snow outing that I, I know you're, you're fond yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I genuinely thought, I was like, oh, look, it's real snow. And then he's just like, yeah, and no, I'm pretty sure this is part of the ship. And I'm like, oh. But then the Doctor even makes a joke about it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I thought you'd appreciate that as well. Um, yeah. I have a note here that's just, what does a million pounds get you nowadays? I have a similar note in the fact that sci-fi is a nice break from reality. The fact that he goes, <laughs> I've got money. <laughs> like, I wish yeah. I had money. <laughs> but it's also, it's more the sense that like, okay, a million pounds is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Is it enough to completely start a life with no identity? He's got dropped in central London. It'll be hard yeah. pressed to find a flat for less than a million. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know. The house price is two thousand and eight, shall we say? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but let's convert it nowadays. What does a million quid get you? Well, I don't know, but house prices fell by fifteen point nine percent in two thousand and uh, eight. Oh, of course, this was the Great Recession, wasn't it? Two thousand and eight. So yeah. it would depend on if he held out and waited for the crash, or if he bought at the highest point that it's been in history. Wow. The average price, so this is back in 2008, right? They said that the average price of a UK home had fallen by £29,000 to £153,048. That's that is so incredible. Wow. That is pretty bad, actually. <laughs> Why was I not born earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I could have bought two houses, you know. I could have yeah. bought two of them. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so, so um, maybe you could start. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I just don't think it's that much money in today's day and age. Um, no, Doctor, I will make you proud, he says as he walks off. Yeah. We, and I'm going to try to do this in a way so as not to spoil things. I don't really think it spoils things. In an upcoming episode, there's a network that's introduced. We theorised last week, or me and Brad theorised last week, that it may have been the Archangel Network still in the sky. Oh, okay. It is yeah. confirmed that Mr. Copper uses this million quid to set up this 
network that's about to be used in an upcoming episode. So oh, wait for that. This would have been a much better conversation had Brad have been here and we could Brad. browse off a little bit. So I obviously can't tell you and you don't know what's happening. Brad, uh, Brad, Brad can be Iron Man quickly. <laughs> can be Iron Man. <laughs> Sorted. There we go. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, just have that in the back of your mind. Yeah, no, that's um, that's very interesting actually because it's almost like the Harry and Jones the conversation we had about the Harry and Jones thing. Doctor, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. So I, I just think that I mean it's very it's very sweet, and I like the whole thing about I'll remember her as well. I mean, I'm not really sure why he's uh, why not? She sacrificed well. his life to save the doctor, to save the day, to save the earth. Yeah. I guess, I guess, but I don't know. I, I just, yeah, it's a, I, I do like that. I'll make you proud thing, and it's a horrible thing because you know that what he's doing is in what he thinks is good, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I'm doing it for the doctor. I'm doing it to, to make him proud." When really, it, it, it's not doing well. It's not. It's not doing good for anyone. Yeah, uh, an interesting episode. An interesting episode. I think he's the best. Uh, okay, so. I think I asked you this question a couple of times before. Um, where would you tell someone to start off if you were watching Doctor Who? Uh, if, they, if you wanted to get them involved with Doctor Who? Obviously, the starting point is episode one, season one. But if you wanted to yeah. get someone hooked on Doctor Who, I think this is the episode. I think you show them this, and then you say, right, now that you're hooked, start at the beginning and come through it. That's a top. This, for it's me... A good it's a it's, good episode. It's a good episode. It's the perfect advert for Doctor Who. Like I said at the start, it's got everything in it. Aliens, CGI, adventure, companions, the Doctor, the TARDIS. You know, it's got, it, yeah. it ticks off. Or I agree, it might be missing a bit of heart. It might be missing a bit of common sense. There's obviously, there's no law, there's no backstory. Yeah. But for me, just as a, this is what Doctor Who can do. Watch this episode and then let's fucking do them all. I yeah, think for me, I, that's I, perfect. I don't think you're wrong. The only thing I'm going to say, though, I need to watch season four before I can make that decision. Because okay. the best thing about this episode is there is there are no companions at all. Even yeah. though Kainit Mano is technically the companion, there are no companions at all. You look at the previous Christmas episodes, they've all had a companion in there. So the way that I'm thinking... Well, I, would is, just, I would just technically, the one with Catherine Tate, was a yeah, similar thing. She was a plug and play companion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose that would be that. But I, I guess there's no kind of hold ups or anything like that in terms of the doctor moving on from Rose or the doctor. You know what I mean? There's there's no kind of like hang up on the complaint. It's a real standalone. You don't need to know anything yeah. going in. Yeah. There's there's no mention of the doctor missing Rose or the doctor missing Martha or you know kind of anything. There's no mention of anything previous apart from the three previous Christmases. There was, oh yeah, there was briefly get a mention. Yeah. That that's it. I don't. It, it really it's really going to depend how season four goes because if season four then goes. Oh well, the doctor's still missing Rose, and the doctor's still doing this and everything like that. I wouldn't say it's a good start because I still would believe that you need to go back and see the first. Even would I say you need to miss season one? Probably not, because the first episode of that Rose is important, and I do yeah, feel. Yeah. I almost feel like the doctor is a bit more vulnerable with Rose because she went through his regeneration process with. Him. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, sure. and I think sure. that's why. But I, I don't know. We'll see what season four goes. If season four is a bit more, it's a bit more of a reset, like a soft reset, where the Doctor just has a new companion, we're going forward, that's it. Then, yeah, fine, start here and then go from there. But if it's, it then goes back to the Doctor still moping about Rose and going, oh, I miss <laughs> Rose. And, oh, you know, then I would say start from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Jack, you are in for such a fucking treat. You are in for such a fucking treat. But I would just like to backtrack one second. I'm not saying start here and go on from here. I'm saying show them this episode, tell them oh. this is what Doctor Who is, and then say, now that you're hooked, start from episode one, season one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this is like a teaser. Think, this is like yeah. a moose-bouche yeah. of Doctor Who. Yeah, no, I guess that, that would make a bit more sense because it's an interesting episode. So, yeah. Yeah, I can um, see that. I can see that. So, love it or hate it? I still love it. I, I still love it. I, I don't hate it. I just think there was just, it was a bit overdramatic. I like him, but then sometimes you need a bit of overdramatic. So, what's you know, life without a bit of drama? Exactly, exactly. I think I know the answer, but love it or hate it. Absolutely fucking love it, yeah. It's as good as it gets. It's got to do with its absolute finest. It's, uh, for me, it is, and it's probably just nostalgia. It's probably just the fact that Carly Minogue is in it. But um, yeah. that is, it's as good as Doctor Who gets if you just wanted to drop in and watch an hour of Doctor Who. If you've yeah. got the time to put in and watch the previous seasons and stuff, then yeah, of course, there's going to be episodes like Human Nature and Family of Blood, uh, Satan Pit and Impossible Planet, yeah. all of the finales, you know. Blink. Right, just blink. Uh, but Blink, I would say, is a plug-and-play episode. You can just drop in and watch Blink. I don't think yeah, Blink oh, is yeah. as good as that, personally. I quite enjoy it. I, I quite enjoy Blink. Better or worse I, than this episode? Oh, better. Right, and on that note, we're ending the podcast. Thank you for coming, everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, no I, 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 I do know what you mean. Yeah. 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 No, um, so, yeah. Did you watch the next time trailer, which is a season trailer? Yeah. That's interesting because I'm assuming that back in 2008 that was a thing that was there, yeah. Or was that just? Oh, uh, yes, that... yes, we did have this. Yes, we did have yeah. this. So that's very interesting the fact that they have obviously already filmed season four. Yeah. Don't Which... forget, season three would have finished around the middle of the year. Yeah. And then we have to wait until Christmas and then it, uh, then season three. Uh, season four would have aired in like April, May time, similar to what it is gotcha. this year. So yeah. the Christmas okay. special is closer to the next. Technically, if you go on IMDb, this Christmas special is season four, not season three, because it's closer oh, okay. to it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, um, yeah. It's, I mean, Catherine Tate, I, I, I like Catherine Tate in The Office. I did not like her in the Christmas special. And I'm assuming she's coming back as a companion. Which I am not really excited for. I thought she was very shouty. She was very loud. Uh, yeah, I just don't respond well to that. Really, I just that's very intense, and I don't like intense. Like I, I like someone that's like the doctor, smart. You know, all right, a little bit kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Energetic, but uh, yeah. she's just very. I I feel like they kind of play on the. And I, I can say this because I'm from Essex and nearby where she grew up, but I just hate the fact that they even do it in the office where they go, 
I'm from Basel and Essex, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know I speak like that, but like, it, I just I hate the fact that that's how they base her character on. And I'm like, yeah. you're probably a lot better than that, you know. And I just we're not all loud from Essex. Look at Josh; he's from Essex. He's not loud. I know. I'm barely Essex at all. Um, you're in for a treat. Is all yeah. I'm going to say. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to revisiting it as well. Uh, the the, uh, the Rhino Police, I can't remember for the life of them what their name The, the, the Jadoon. The Jadoon, that's it, yeah. Are they, because they, they look like there was a Jadoon armor. Can't remember. I think what you're talking about are the Sontarans, which is a classic Who villain that comes back. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't really remember what was in the next time show, to be fair, so I don't want to say anything and ruin it, except for we get in 2008, well, this is 2007, this is Christmas 2007, the yeah. first on-screen appearance in Doctor Who of Peter Capaldi, who's excited. Yay! <laughs> I'm fucking gassed. <laughs> Not as the Doctor, which I'm sure will confuse you. Um, yeah, well, we'll get there. Um, JP, it's been a pleasure doing season three of Who with you. Another um, season in the books. How scary is that? I don't want any explanation. I don't want any justification. In one word, yeah. or one number on a scale of one to ten, season three? Eight. An eight out of ten. And on that note, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for coming. We hope you enjoyed season three of uh pod thank you for all your likes all your comments all your uh subscriptions everything we hope you enjoyed this if we yeah. even release it i've been going through this thinking i'm gonna have a shitter of a time editing this so will i even <laughs> release it i don't know what a surprise if i do uh jp anything to add no thank you as always guys um let us know if we do release this on video which i kind of hope we do because I, I think we've got a pretty professional setup here um, and Brad thinks of that as well. Um, but no, uh, no, thank you so much, guys. We did. You know, I really do appreciate it. I mean, I can't believe we've three seasons down so far. It's uh, it has flown, and they always say the time flies when you're having fun. So um, it really does. Yeah, yeah, it really does. But no, thank we you so much. Um, thank you for the love on social media as well. As Josh said, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We'll be back on TikTok. Um, you know, I know, I know, Brad's got some stuff in the pipeline as well. Um, but no, thank you for the engagement and, you know, keep recommending us to your friends. If there's stuff that we've missed or there's stuff that you disagree with or you agree with, let us know in the comments, you know, let us know on Twitter, let us know on Instagram, um, because we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts as well. Um, especially me as, you know, first time, if I've missed something or I've not been read something, I want to know about it. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey. Just added to that, if you are enjoying us, just leave us a little review or a little rate wherever you listen to us. That's what helps us uh, the most. So, Thank you very much, guys. This has been way too long for an hour-long Christmas special. So on that note, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, thank you, JP. And adios, amigos.